Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre here in the UK. Each episode is a recording of the Bible message that would normally be shared during the Sunday worship service. While we are unable to meet together for worship, we will publish our podcasts at 10am every Sunday morning and you can also see daily videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen now we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gift of your light that Christmas that came into our lives so that we may have that knowledge of you with us always and in so doing, bringing us peace. Lord, as you shine your light on us, bringing that peace, I pray that you will also shine through us and help us to be leading people to you as well as we've given our gifts this morning. We just pray that you will continue to use them in ways that we can help shine your light in this city. Amen. Amen. So over these um, past few weeks, I've really enjoyed playing nosy neighbours and looking at people's decorations, either in the streets as I've been driving around or walking around and in the pictures on Facebook. I like to see it. I thought I would just give you some of my pictures and my decorations just in case, you know, just to make it a bit even. So um, I've put some pictures up, hopefully, which might come up. Here's my pictures, just so you know. This is what my decorations look for, look like as well. I think we've got one of the Christmas tree, have we? There's the Christmas tree. And I've even had Adrian out putting the lights outside. Look, that looks nice and cosy, doesn't it? I'm very excited by that. I am trying to get him to get me a star. So if you want to put in a nice word for me, I've been asking for a long time. I'd like to have a nice star on the top of my house. You know, nothing fancy. Um, but, you know, just people lighting the way to our house. Um, so it's interesting that to see all of this, and in many um, homes across the, 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 the country and the world at the moment, um, the Christmas trees will be set up. I'm guessing that most of you have got your Christmas tree up just now. Um, some of you have probably had them up for some weeks. Um, and these trees have all kinds of lights and ornaments on them. But there's one, of course, that stands out from the rest because it sits on top of the tree all by itself, and it's the tree topper. Now, I had a look on the internet at some of the tree toppers that people have, and the variety astounded me. Some have snowmen or gingerbread men and Father Christmas and even Christmas trees on top of their Christmas tree. It was a bit bizarre. Um, but there were a few that were a little bit more peculiar, um, but they still had a bit of a Christmas sort of winter connection. So some had Elvis. I think we've got a picture of that. I guess it's the blue Christmas, perhaps. I don't know. Always oh, wearing a Father Christmas outfit, so that makes it all right. And then there's um, a snowy owl. Well, I guess it's kind of snowy, and at Christmas sometimes we have snow. Who knows? Anyway, but perhaps the oddest tree toppers were these ones. First of all, we had Dr. Spot from Star Trek, or a monster, 
kind of an angel one. Oh, and there's Yoda from Star Wars, if any of you are Star Wars fans. And finally, an octopus-type creature. I guess it's a bit different. But I have no idea what those decorations had to do, have to do with Christmas. But I do know that none of the de those decorations come close to the competing, competing with the top two choices, of course, which are the angels and the stars. And I'm guessing that most of you here have that. If you have anything different, I would be interested to know later from you um, to find out. So they're both obviously part of the Christmas story. So I guess that's why we traditionally put them on the top of the tree. In our house, we alternate each year between the star and the angel. So this year, it's the angel. The angels, of course, announced the coming of the Messiah and the birth of Christ, and the star led the way to him. And it's today, the star, that we're just going to focus our thoughts on just now. Stars have been one of the main decorations on Christmas trees since the beginning. It's said that Martin Luther began the tradition of having a Christmas tree and that he put candles on the tree for his children to give the impression of stars in the sky when Jesus was born. And ever since that day, the star has been one of the most favorite decorations for the Christmas trees. The story of the star only occurs in Matthew chapter 2. We're told that the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born to be um, king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And that the, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was born. Now, scholars apparently disagree about what type of star this was. Some believe it was a meteor, but a meteor would have burned out long before the Magi arrived. Others quickly thought it was a comet, but the comet moves too quickly. Still others have speculated that the star was a supernova, an exploding star, but aside from the fact that a supernova wouldn't have lasted long enough for the Magi to have made the trip, there's no record of a supernova occurring at that time. One major theory that some has some possibility is that the star was the result of the line of three planets, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars. I noticed that on Rosie's birthday, which is the 21st, apparently this Christmas star is going to be shining again, so watch out for it. Um, and this happens about every thousand years, so it's exciting. It's going to be happening on the 21st, everyone. Look out. And it would have likely have happened around the birth of Christ. And their collective brightness would have lit up the night. But we're left with the problem of a star that moved and eventually stopped over the place where the child was. Now, I like the explanation of two respected scholars, Alfred Edersheim and Dwight Pentecost, a rather um, perfect name, isn't it, Pentecost? They suggested that the Greek word translated star really means radiance, and they said the word was similar to the Old Testament word used to describe the fire from the burning bush in Exodus 3. They also made an observation saying that the characteristics of the star was reminiscent of the comment in Ezekiel 11. The glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped over the mountain east of it. Um, the glory of the Lord moved, kind of sounding like our moving star, doesn't it? 
Ezekiel tells us the glory of the Lord left the temple of God and it never returned. And it wasn't mentioned again until Luke tells us, and an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So it's very possible that the star represented the return of the glory of the Lord to Israel. Now, I am no great theologian, and I don't really care what the star was, but this much I know, there was a star, and it led the wise men to the place where Jesus was. And I also know that the star was unlike any that the wise men had ever seen before. These were men who studied the stars. They knew the stars by their names, and they knew which constellations had what stars. But this star was different. The star didn't belong. This star had a radiance all of its own, and the Magi knew it had to be something special. And there was something about this star that drew them to worship a king. But what was the purpose of this star? Was it to give these astrologers something to write about in their hometown horoscopes? Was it to give people something to speculate about centuries down the line? I don't think the purpose of the star was to give something to speculate about. Maybe the purpose of the star was just to give something to help us when we made our manger scene all these years later. Probably not. I think the star had one purpose and one purpose only, to show the way to Jesus. You see, the good news is that the story of the shining star does not end with the wise men. Its purpose still continues through us. We are to shine like the light of the Christmas star to ensure that his star still shines, never diminishing, never wavering. No matter what's going on around us, we are to shine as beacons of light in the world. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, you are the light of the world. Paul tells us in Philippians that we should live as children of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Jesus tells us we're called to be his light, but our light has to be different than the light, of, the light of this world. Our light doesn't belong to this world. Our light has a, a radiance of its own like that star. And when we shine it right, everyone around us should realize that it's something special. And ultimately, our light will draw people to worship the king. In Daniel 12, God tells us that those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. You see, when we, when we, when we draw people to God's righteousness, you see, when we draw people to God's righteousness, we shine like stars in God's presence. That's our purpose, yours and mine, to lead people to Jesus with our light. But what does that actually mean, to shine like a star? We use that so often. Well, a Hindu trader in India was once asked asked a missionary, what do you put on your face to make it shine? The missionary was shocked and answered, I don't put anything on it. And the Hindu began to lose patience and spoke more forcefully, yes, you do. All of you who believe Jesus seem to have it. I've seen it in towns of Agra and Surat and even in the city of Bombay. And suddenly the Christian understood. His face glowed because of Jesus. And he said to the Hindu trader, now I know what you mean. And I'll tell you the secret. It's not something we put on from the outside, but it's something that comes from within. 
It's a reflection of the light of God in our hearts. You see, when we walk with Jesus, even our face shows the light within us. When people spend enough time around us, they should notice something different. That's why we are told to walk as children of light in Ephesians. God, John also writes that we should walk in the light as he is in the light. But we do need to be careful that we don't pe- take people off course in the way that we live our lives. Paul writes to the Galatians the sort of thing that get in the way of showing that light. And he lists them. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness and the like. And he warns them that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, the wise men could not see Jesus. They could only see the light from the star which led them to Jesus. Had the star at any time in their journey failed to give off the light, then the wise men would have been hopelessly lost. If that star had ceased to shine, they would have never found Christ. That light was all they had to lead them. There are many people in our world today who are hopelessly lost and living in darkness. They know there is a void in their heart. They've tried everything to fill it. And I think these past few months have highlighted that for a number of people. And the fact is that they need the Lord Jesus Christ and only he can satisfy their soul. But as they grope in the darkness of their sin, they can't see Jesus, you see. They don't know who he is or what he can do. They need something to give off the light that will lead them to Jesus. And so that's where we come in. We are today to be engaged in the same work as the Star of Bethlehem. It shined its light to bring people to Christ. And we are to shine our light to bring people to Christ also. What a responsibility, eh? But what a privilege. God calls us to shine because we're committed to love, purity, gentleness, and self-sacrifice. And the closer our lives are to God, the more we shine with his hope and confidence. Paul also outlines in that scripture in Galatians the qualities and characteristics that help us to shine. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Recognize them? The fruit of the Spirit. And when our lives bear the light of Christ, we will show the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men and women that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You see, it's not enough to put a star on our trees and think that's it. How many people have you drawn to Jesus by having a star on your Christmas tree? Putting lights and decorations on a tree is nice, but that's all very superficial. Similarly, it's not enough just to come to church every Sunday or join an online meeting, maybe even put on a uniform. If we don't actually live out the teaching we receive from God's word. 
It's only when we start putting God's light inside of us that God begins to show through. We have to pray every day, Lord, help me to shine. This has to be something we consciously do. And the more that we work at it with the help of the Holy Spirit, the better we'll shine. A little girl was on her way home from church with her mum and suddenly asked, Mummy, the preacher's sermon confused me this morning. The mother said, Oh, why is that? And the girl replied, Well, he said that God is bigger than we are. Is that true? Yes, that's true, mum replied. He also said that God lives within us. Is that true too? Again, mum said, Yes. Well, said the girl, if God is bigger than us and he lives in us, wouldn't he show through? Well, it's only when we start putting God's light inside of us that, we be- that God begins to show through. So this morning, I'm not asking what tree toppers decorate your Christmas tree. I'm asking what light decorates your life. It really doesn't matter if you have Elvis or Yoda or an angel grace in the top of your tree. What matters is if Jesus is within you and showing through you. If he is, then your purpose in life is to live in such a way that people are drawn to God, to the God that we love. What light decorates your life today? Is that the light that shone over 2,000 years ago, shining in you today, drawing people to, to worship the King? Does this star still shine in and through you? How can we see and make sure his star still shines today? Let's pray together. <clears throat> God of light, thank you for your light which leads us safe to safety and security. We know that at times we have gone astray and have left your light. We followed the dim lights of the world of success and fortune. We followed the dim lights that call us to be more religious by following rules. We follow the fading lights of personal salvation. Forgive us for the times we've not sought the true light of your love for all the world. Forgive us for not following the ways of Jesus, who commanded us to love one another. Call us to be light bearers of love, compassion, and justice, in which the mystery of your love is revealed and your star still shines. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.